everyone, welcome to Heart's Happiness Podcast. The place where I, Manpreet, share my journey of healing intergenerational family trauma to help you to understand your story. I share a bunch of tools and tips that will transform your mental health and allow you to find your own heart's happiness. So exciting, right? Each episode will cover one of three areas. One, raising awareness of what this trauma actually is and how it hides in our lives. Two, tools, tips, support, lots of different things that I've used to get better and heal from this trauma. And three, I'll be connecting you with so many specialists and therapists and coaches as guests on my show. So we are going to transform your mental health and empower you to take your healing by the hands and move forward. Hello everyone, welcome back for another episode of Heart's Happiness. It's very exciting. Tomorrow is one year since I set up this podcast. So this is like episode number 53, I think. And we have been going for a whole year, which is mad. And for that, because I was sick on Sunday and wasn't able to run the Manifesting Happiness event, it's actually going to be on the anniversary of the podcast. So it will be at 8 p.m. UK time tomorrow and it's completely free and if you come along i'm going to do like a load of discounts on um, coaching and courses and things just because it's been a whole year and i just want to say thank you to you all um so this whole month in hearts happiness podcast we are talking about suicide prevention uh, and i know this is an incredibly heavy subject it might be uncomfortable to listen to maybe um you want to avoid it but I really want to open up the conversation around the shame to do with having the suicidal thoughts, like there's something wrong with you. Um, and there is something wrong with you that needs your attention, but th- th- there's no shame. It's just the way that your body and your soul is letting you know that you're not okay and you need to take some steps to get better. They could just be small, they could be big, it doesn't matter, but you just need to do something. So what I'm doing this whole month is having people come on and sharing their own stories. So last week I shared mine, and this week it's with my mum talking about her own suicide ideation. And there's a real intergenerational trauma element of this because obviously I had thoughts like that too. Her mum took her life, my dad also took his life. So there's a lot of um, stuff that we never, we never all sat around the dinner table and said, oh, you know, I really wanted to kill myself. But it was just something that we were all struggling with. So my mum, my dad, my brother, um, we all did. And we just never, ever spoke about it. Um, I don't think we could have helped each other through it anyway because we had so many issues individually and as a family. But mum is going to be sharing the steps that she took to get better. And she has such a great life now. I'm so incredibly proud of her. And she did this later in life as well, like, in 50s and 60s she's been on her own healing journey so we are going to speak to her in a second but check out the link in the episode notes and come join me on that event and we're going to celebrate a whole year of the podcast anyway i'm going to pass you on to mum now come back mum to the podcast hi how are we doing <laughs> um so it's been a year now since i started the podcast and i thought it'd be good to have my mum on mainly because her episode is like the most popular one ever. <laughs> but not just that, because uh, this whole month is we're talking about suicide prevention. And I really want to open up the conversation around us having suicidal thoughts. I think when we have them, we feel so much shame. We don't talk about it. And then those problems can escalate. And me and mum had both have had suicidal thoughts. And um, obviously we 
also have a history of suicide in our family because mum's mum took her life and obviously my dad took his life so uh, I just wanted to open up this conversation about last week I shared my story about how I got better and this week we're going to talk about my mum and how she got better because it's a different story as a 60 whatever you are now old woman so um shall we just go back a little bit I know we're not going to focus too much on mummy G but like um so your mum she took her life in 95 and um yeah I mean that's a long time ago now it's like 27 years and how were you then emotionally when did you start to have those kind of thoughts that you wanted to like give up or how are you feeling I think at that age when she actually committed suicide I didn't at that particular point it was just I just buried it all that's the only way I can explain it because this was how how you know it was so selfish thoughts of how could she how dare she you know without sort of trying to think of why could she have done this why was she feeling so bad mm-hmm. and I think for me what made it even harder was that I was trying to get answers in terms of trying to put a jigsaw together I mm-hmm. was 37 years of age mm-hmm. and I'm asking people you know, what about this? But, you know, and there was just so much shame that she, you know, rather than thinking, why, why did she feel so bad? It was Mm. just like, I just got everybody, nobody wanted to talk to me about it. My Mm. own family, you know, it's like, if it's her anniversary, can any of us ring each other up and say, how are you doing today? Mm. That still does not happen now. You can tell from my throat. so no, I, I went into similar things to you in terms of how I dealt with it. My marriage wasn't great, as you know. Um, so what did I do was I thought as long as my kids are okay, they're being fed, you know, I'm paying all the bills, doing all those bits. I focused on, I started up a, I decided to study because I'm a workaholic. So I did a day release. So I had a full-time job. I decided to do day release as well. And because and I didn't realize because I never had that sort of, of the fact that you I needed to talk to you guys about my mom. But I just closed up mm. completely. And then so and in my head, despite in terms of what my husband was like, it was like, okay, I can do this. All I need to do, it was like I needed to have a plan in those days <clears throat> and my plan was so whilst you and Gungi had your marriages arranged marriages even though they were crap um because that's what I was programmed to think mm. uh then I well they're not all crap just in case listening. <laughs> but yeah you know, no but you know it was, I mean? wasn't the right it thing was, for us it was like well then I can do the same without thinking because I knew I couldn't live with him I just couldn't and society because in those days I thought I had to do tick all the boxes I was still programmed just keep ticking them that society wouldn't accept um, me leaving him but back to my mom I just didn't I just hid all the pictures away Mm. and then it was only after uh your dad committed suicide all that anger came out Mm. towards everything and even then at that stage 
yeah. it was like then I I think it was so it was like what 14 years ago it was like I had to think of a plan and it wasn't that plan but I didn't know what my plan was because people were being so horrible to to all of us but it was my concern was more about you and Gaggy. yeah so um just just thinking back to the time like soon after you lost your mum um it did seem like obviously you were working a lot and you were doing your calls and you were just very absent so you were just I was, very I think I was totally zoned out I yeah. was totally zoned out um mm. because I knew that if I sat down with my feelings <laughs> I would have had a nervous breakdown and mm. nobody would help me yeah and I guess as well um you know like things with dad were like up and down really but um you know you just seemed so busy and like you were avoiding stuff and um and clearly you weren't okay and then it obviously was was getting starting to get worse with dad you know towards the end of his yeah. life and you um do, do you remember that time you told me about like you were in the car and you nearly had an accident and you were like that oh, was just yeah uh no actually that was just a little bit before I left him and I was um, on a crossroad. Mm. I was on a crossroad near the house. Uh, and I, you know, it was so close. And I did really, you know. Mm. Then it was like, okay. Um, but it's not okay. That, that was the bit there. But, you know, if you guys were getting on with your lives, I would have been quite happy if it mm. did happen. That's all right. We weren't getting on with our lives. Don't worry about that. <laughs> no, but, okay. but, yeah. I think the interesting thing in here is, um, and this is the problem with um, some of our system, family systems, that you actually thought rather than leave your husband, um, that you were better off killing yourself. I mean, that is the kind of messaging that South Asian women get from a very young age. And who are we if we're not somebody's wife or partner? Like your mum lost all of her self-esteem when her husband died. I mean, it was shortly after that she took her life, right? So it was it's like, within, that's how within crazy two, the programming is. A, well, she just didn't know. I mean, she, you know, uh, she had grandkids who adored her. You know, we loved my mum. We all did. But she just felt, she just didn't know what to do. Mm. But I think it's this, um, you know, this um, so part of the intergenerational trauma um, around as well being a female um, and like it and that that pressure being on staying in relationships that don't make you happy, don't make you feel safe um, trying to do this stuff to please other people, putting yourself under all of this pressure that actually gives you thoughts of killing yourself. Um, But, you know. And then you just carry on. And then luckily you didn't do anything. But this is how people just one day make a snap decision that they're like, oh, I've just had enough. And I'm just, this is my only way out of this feeling, this pain, this emotion. And I think that just still, I still think that happens today when people are struggling in relationships, if they're like maybe struggling with their grief, maybe they're struggling with um, work or like their emotional health. It could be anything, but people just want to like, make it stop and it seems like the easier option out of the healing and getting better so if you think of it like a pressure cooker Mm. and it's bubbling away inside you uh and it just keeps going and then there's it can be something really small you don't need to have planned it and then it's that last straw and you think god it'll be easier if i just went yeah yeah you know 
because your mindset is such that in terms of what you think of yourself yeah it's such low low self-worth yeah that's a massive and so many you know of us that have experienced trauma growing up or whatever we have it's like non-existent so it's like I know that when I had my thoughts it was like I just I didn't really see the point of my life and I didn't see it as worthy I didn't see it as worthy of living I just didn't really like it was more that I felt like I was just a performance for everybody else and nothing for myself and um and this is the crazy this is why this whole month I'm going to have different people come on and share their stories because so many of us can our minds can go there and Mm -hmm. there's no shame in that that's just a sign it's a sign that your insides are screaming for you to listen yeah Yeah, that they're screaming to you to listen to your pain to sit with it um and you know I hope that me and my mum are inspirations to anybody that's listening that's struggling with that thought that it's okay like don't don't hate yourself for having the thought either that just shows there's a you know there's something there that you need to help yourself with but mum because you've really changed your life now it's not like obviously you're in a a bad situation you're in a, a domestic abusive relationship you obviously lost your parents in your 30s and you're not dealing with your pain nor were you ever given the tools to like be able to process pain, to feel, to show your emotions. Like you, that, that's all something you've okay. had to learn. Yeah, I had to learn. And I think I was, uh, in terms of when you look at my mom and dad, you've got to go back in terms, mm. you know, afterwards it was, well, why, why, why? But then you've got to look at their journeys of they didn't know how to because of all the stuff they had been through. I mean, they were, deep, you know, my mom and dad, they're the best. Mm. they were but then like I think with my mom she could see it wasn't working between me and hubby but you know something she couldn't she wasn't allowed to say anything to me how weird is that Mm. she didn't feel she could because she didn't know how to but it's like you know you're you were you had this damn tick box like a cv of stuff and you were programmed to just do those bits and not think it's only when we start thinking for ourselves rather than what society wants i mean Mm. you can be a good person without ticking all those boxes yeah but i mean at the end of the day you can that's the thing you can tick all the boxes as well yeah but you're not happy and also no but do you feel good enough that's the thing, because the feeling of not feeling good enough, of not feeling worthy, is way beneath the, yeah. the I mean, of the boxes. For a long time, I mean, people would have thought, yeah, she's she's doing really well, the kids are doing... But inside, I felt mm. awful. My whole mm. life, it's only more recently, it's only when you work on yourself and your own self-worth, because mm. nobody else can do it for you, uh, that you start to value yourself. Yeah. But, but it's not an easy journey. No, no, of course not, because you have to really unpack some um, difficult kind of memories. Um, so what kind of steps do you think that you took? Um, so obviously, like you said, you were the pressure cooker. Obviously, Dad took his life. So I think when that happened, when you left Dad, it's like you'd finally gone into a place of safety because I that think, was an yeah, un- I think, unsafe situation. Yeah, I think we got to a safe house. We got to a safe house. Uh, and then... Um, but then it was like, okay, and a lot of people weren't being very nice to us. But then it was like trying to figure out who I am, how can I show up for my children and start thinking, what do I need? 
because we're never I was never raised to think okay what do you need mm. how you know how can I you know so I never said that to you. I just presumed doing those same things was what you guys needed so then it was like okay and I think for me my first step was counseling but I think it was too early it was soon after he died but I didn't find it I didn't find it that useful uh, and then from that I started I think that's what got me started on my own journey in terms of thinking you know the way I was wasn't okay that you know there's so many other women and I I've always been a you know somebody a person who likes to help women my whole life you know I was in, uh, and I decided to go into counseling so that was one side and I thought mm. okay and I it, I think that helped me understand some bits but that wasn't enough then in terms of you were on your journey you suggested some books and did uh, bits and pieces so I did those so it's it's just been a work in progress I would say uh doing that different courses different bits and pieces uh and then thinking you know I mean a silly one I'm gonna say to you I was raised that when you're walking down the street you look down not look up mm. do you know what I mean and yet you look up and you automatically feel good. Mm. I mean, that's a little thing, isn't it? Yeah, because you can see the sky. And you can see you. the sky and that automatically makes you feel good. So it was those little things. Yeah. But all those little things, uh, which I sort of learned on the way, is what I try and do when I'm trying to help ladies. Yeah. No, but it, I mean, it very much was like, and it's the same for me as well, you were on autopilot pretty much yeah. most of your life, um, just surviving, getting through each day, doing whatever you needed to to, to get through it, like work too much yeah. or whatever it was. And then, you know, it came to the point where you got to a crossroads where it was like, I can't, like I, can't I need to change, you know, and and you've started to make those daily kind of, it's like daily yeah. habit changes. Because if you compare your life now um two 15 years ago like the way you start your day you know you do your meditating go for your run and you know you're doing all this self-care you never used to do it I know seriously I mean I go jogging (laughs) jogging this morning and you know something when I'm doing that I feel I'm free Mm. nobody's controlling me anymore and it's such an amazing feeling that I have never had before yeah and it's uh, as well like just talking about you know, getting over things, moving through the feelings, doing the work. Like, look at the the chapter Change, you're in now, yeah. which is like for the first time in your life, you're living on your own. I'm living on my own. I'm by a beautiful lake and stuff, and it's like, and I can think in them. Okay, what do I need to do for me? What do I fancy eating? It's little things, but mm. it's like it's a completely new chapter. Yeah, but that, that makes great. you feel that makes yeah. you feel good and excited, and you're not like, oh, I'm this age, and oh, I've passed mm. it, life's over for me. You're not at all like that, are you? Whereas maybe in the past, when you were like fifty, you might have even thought that because you were in that old autopilot thinking of like, oh, once my kids are married, and yeah, exactly. And I mean, I don't have, have that thought anymore. Uh, you know, no way do I ever have those thoughts. I just feel blessed now mm-hmm. I would use those words to say I am so grateful for uh the people I've got in my life you know 
Um, and yeah, you know, life, life is a treasure and you've got to look after yourself mm. to be able to enjoy it and value yourself. Because mm. if you don't, how can you expect anybody else to? And actually, you, you should be your biggest cheerleader. Mm, definitely. And it's, it's through that work, uh, which is like mom said, it's like you have to constantly do it. So like I had a really low self-worth. So I, I, that's why I listen to affirmations a lot. Um, I don't have I don't really have low self-worth like that anymore. It still comes up. I get triggered and stuff like that. And, and I know if I have a bad thought, like the killing myself thought and I, my mind can go there still when I have not been doing any self-care, when I haven't been taking care of myself and my brain goes into shutdown and wants to like run away forever. And that's because of those steps that I didn't do to take care of myself. And sometimes that's that's all it is as well. It's with all of this, it's just doing things on a daily basis to love and take care of yourself, to listen to those feelings, to sit with your pain, to sit with your feelings, the initial thought is they're going to kill you, but they're not. And then processing them. And then you're able to move on. Like now, mum, like you've had all these years now where you've been processing your grief around your mum, right? And then processing mm-hmm. your grief around having the relationship that you did. And, you know, like because of that, now you've got this new chapter where you were really able to enjoy and embrace where you, mm-hmm. you are at now, right? And you don't yeah. have those thoughts. No, I, I don't have those thoughts. And actually, you know, what? if something happens and it's not okay... Whereas, you know, something in the part, oh, God, it's your, you know, it's your kismet, people would say, you know, it's your fate. And I look at something now when something goes wrong and I think, okay, that didn't work out quite right. But what did I learn from it? Mm. You know, you can flip things straight away in your brain so it still can learn from anything that happens. Yeah, definitely. And but also it's really important to feel your feelings as well. Like so yeah, you, no, yeah. Because it might trigger you if things are not working out. I mean, we've yeah. had through buying our houses, we've had so many like God, redirections yeah. and loads of stupid things have happened. But actually it was the better way, like it worked out the way it was meant to, and we're yeah. all yeah. happy and stuff like that. So it's just in the moment you can feel triggered like anger or sadness or fear or whatever and that's okay because they're just feelings because we just grew up thinking that they were going to destroy us but they're not that's just a trauma response as well back to the intergenerational trauma for sure but so so basically I just wanted to inspire you guys with my mum's story that whatever wherever you are at right now whatever you're processing it's it won't always be like that but if you make those daily changes and invest um, your time and energy and your money into yourself like when you have struggled and I've struggled I've just I've literally just paid for some form of help whatever mm, that might be yeah exactly what, whatever works for you you know and they're different prices you know it might be like a 20 pound course it might be joining a free Facebook group it might be listening to a load of podcasts it might be reading a book it might be paying for therapy but whatever just be aware of what's going on and then you know get give yourself what you need and if that is, you know, help, there's so much help out there for you. You don't have to struggle on your own at all. And there is a bunch of free helplines as well on my um, website if you need to, if you feel particularly in crisis. Um, but that, I mean, I don't know if you've got anything to say around, because we never said how, we, even to each other, we never said we were like suicidal or anything like that. Um, but if you do have somebody in your family that is, um, what would you be be your advice if you feel like somebody's, you know, struggling? Just talk, 
just talk to them. That's all, you know, and just hold space for them. Yeah, don't judge them. Don't judge them. Just, you know, uh, just be there for them. Mm. And just keep an eye on them. Yeah. Without, and you know, being claustrophobic, but just mm. be there for them. That's yeah. all. And just no shame. You know, we just yeah. need to open up the conversation about these things. Like, so say if you're doing a load of stuff to please your family, like you were doing a whole load of stuff to please your family, right? Or to please society and culture and Indian culture and all that stuff. But had you said to any of them, um, okay, well, I'll do that, but I will be killing you at the end of it. You know, I don't, I don't even know what their reaction would be. I don't think but like, they, uh, they wouldn't have the tools, you know. Um, a lot of people just wouldn't know. People find it uncomfortable. Yeah, if you no, say that to somebody, they find it really well, we uncomfortable. We need to get over that, though. We need to get over that, though, because I think we yeah. need to be comfortable. We need but to then, to if you're fit, yeah, exactly. But it's just, uh, but you're only going to say that to somebody who you know cares about you and who will hold space for you. Mm. yeah it is, it is important to be very careful about who you share that story with as well yeah. because some, it might not always be in the right hands but I and that you know, could make I, you worse that could make you worse as well um what I started to do is I started to be way more authentic and honest so you know I'd go to a family function and people would ask me why I'm not married which was like the favorite statement because god forbid a woman is in her 30s and not married um and I just be really honest I'd be like well my dad did kill himself I have got my parents weren't exactly getting on so I have got some issues around it which I'm working on Indian people don't know <laughs> what to say to that but like that's the truth of the matter that you know I was struggling and you know and I and then when I got a bit more confidence and I started to understand it myself I was like yeah I just I didn't feel very good I wasn't very happy so you know it's not you know I could put up a, a performance on for everybody else but I just it wasn't feeling right for me so why would I do that but I think you have to be a lot stronger in yourself. And it's because you've done some work on yourself that you mm. were able to. Whereas I think a lot of Asian women, and I would say men as well, actually, would find it really difficult to say that because it's all about the image. But it, and I mean, people just... don't, they don't want, a lot of people don't want, they don't want to know. But That's it's not the just, problem. It's not just South Asian cultures. It's, 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 it's across a, it's the board. A, yeah, exactly. Because again, it goes back to this um, this fear around talking about these things, feeling their emotions. When you're feeling your emotions and you're being really present with it, it can make somebody else feel very uncomfortable because they are not, and they they find that all very scary, and they're not where you're at. And um, so that's, I mean, that's part of all culture, and we're all trying to perform. I think, you know, yeah. our the way that um, you know the culture western culture as well where we're pushing for like jobs and money and promotions and houses and the body the all of these things put pressure on ourselves and take us further away from who we are and that can make our heads go in a in a in a weird place like somebody was telling me today um, a story about uh, their friend taking his life um because he was he lost his job and his relationship broke down and you know he didn't talk about it he just one day he just took his life and that's so many people you know there's a lot of stories like that that are out there that are just regular people that one day they had a thought and they carried it through there are other people that have more complicated mental health conditions they're medicated maybe they're in touch with the mental health team that's a that's a different thing and that they need the support and the community around them to support them. But then you have got the people 
that are like me and my mom and my dad and my grandma who are just people that can make a bad decision one day because they're in pain and there are lots of steps that you can take to sort of manage that right which is what you've been doing and how you've come out the other side Mm. was there anything else you wanted to share mum um no just to say that look it doesn't matter what age you are you you can get through this you know and start looking after yourself and trying to you know figure out stuff you know uh, you, you might have that thought I had it for years but I no longer have that thought yeah you know and no. you know I just feel blessed and grateful for where I am well you're just more balanced and calm mm. and more like you regulate your own emotions now and you know it's, it's all that kind of stuff that makes you feel better and mm. and also because of all of that you prioritize your what you eat you prioritize working out you prioritize walking you do all of those things as well and you even have made it so that you do a job now that you actually enjoy mm. and not one that you're just doing it for, for the sake of it to pay bills or whatever and these are all the things that anybody can do to sort of change their life and move it in a direction which does make them happy and that may be different to somebody else's version of happiness or somebody else's expectations that's where you have to be brave and step into that because that's what makes you happy i think rather than being it's also i was going to say you know a lot of people and i'd be the same would know what what it was to be happy because you mm-hmm. don't know okay uh what do i need if if you've never asked yourself that question um it's very difficult to start but you only need to take one step at a time and your body will slowly, you know, once you start trusting your gut, mm-hmm. it will help you along the way. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It will for sure. And just remember that you're not alone and there's loads of help out there for you and you can overcome it. And there's no shame as well in having those thoughts. No. Absolutely no shame. Um, it just points to some trauma that you just need to address and release out of your body. And then um, like this whole month of mum, I'm going to have different people come on and share their stories of their own suicidal ideation, just because we want to like normalise that conversation. Mm. And for anybody that is listening, that if you're in that place, you're not alone in it and there's help for you and there's things that you can do to get better. And like me and mum are just examples of that, really. And, you know, we have a great life now. It would be such a shame if we killed ourselves and didn't get to enjoy it. So, yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Mum. Okay, speak to you soon. And there we have it, guys. An episode completed. I hope you enjoyed it and it raised a load of awareness in your mind. There was alarm bells going. You were all like, ding, that's totally me because that's what I was like when I started this journey. And that is the start of the process, finding out this information and realizing it has happened in your own life. So I really hope it was helpful. And before the next episode coming out next Wednesday, be sure to check us out on Instagram. So it's hearts underscore underscore happiness. Also, we have a YouTube channel where I share the videos I create for Instagram on. So you can check that out. They come on about once a week. And then we also have a Facebook group if you want to join to carry on the conversation. I want to create a community where we're all talking about our very real experiences and traumas. And then there is also my website called heartshappiness.co.uk, which you can check out 
to join our mailing list so that as I create new services and support tools for you all, you're the first to find out. And I have a freebie on there, so definitely check that out. It's five books that transformed my healing. So if you really want to kickstart and you know you're liking the content in here, these books are like the basis of so much of my knowledge. So definitely check that out. And I will speak to you next week. I'm so excited to continue this journey with you to help you to find your own heart's happiness. Take care.